Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Welcome to the second Sunday in January where it's obviously a blessing to have the opportunity to be in church, to be alive. Um, I was telling them this morning as we prayed for the service, it's, you know, we used to just assume life when we went to bed. Now everybody is kind of like thankful. You should be like when you wake up in the next morning and you're not sick or you're alive, it's a new level of gratefulness so I just want to start the service thanking God that I'm here physically the second Sunday in January in 2022. Uh, it's not a guarantee. It never was, but I might have taken it for granted. And I'm grateful. I am in, in a way beginning my message already now, just for those of you who think, but, but just give me permission to make a brief announcement because I'll forget if I wait to during my message to do so. Um, we'll be praying for the next week. I think that Pastor Bruce did a good job of articulating why we deny ourselves of, of food. It, it's not that denying yourself of food gives you more of God. It's denying yourself of food that gives you more focus on God what he's done. But I find that when you fast and consecrate and, and pray alone, you run out of strength quicker. When you do it as a community of believers together, you have the strength to make it because everybody wants to eat the same hamburger you want to eat. You will need to be in a room with people who are either slightly higher in Christ, maybe pursuing Christ, they kind of pull you up. You need to be in a room where you can pull other people up. So we pray at 6 a.m. here, there's enough room to space out, but it's something about physically showing up at noon and at 7 p.m. for five days straight. If you can make every prayer meeting, do it because you might be that desperate to hear from God, to know God, to get to God. Don't miss. If your schedule doesn't permit you, then, then, then take that moment, even when you're at home, bow your knee, bow your head, pray. Take an hour to read your Bible. But what makes this consecrated time significant is when you participate. Transformation is not going to happen just because we say well, our church is fasting, like something's just going to happen to you, like lightning striking you in this. No. It's a cooperation. I'm asking for 100% participation, not because I don't, I don't get the individual benefit. The kingdom of God gets the benefit. You get the personal interaction uh, with the Lord. He's going to reveal certain things to you. I don't care. It, 
God may give you something for our entire church that's a special message. You need to deliver it. God may give you special empowerment or, or, or a sense of calling. You need to, to go and do those things. So, Lord, as we get into your word, I pray, God, you would help us, lead us, and guide us into the truth we need to know. Lord, I pray through the revelation of your word, these your people will see you more clearly, love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly. Now, Lord, let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. You're my strength and redeemer in every glad, happy heart that loves the Lord. Say amen. It's very difficult for me uh, at the beginning of the year to focus on anything other than myself. I am hyper-focused on my weight loss, on um, what I'm going to do to prosper. Um, If I really look at it, I've got a whole lot of me. I know that you are better Christians than me, so you probably thought about a whole lot more people. And when I do turn my eye toward others, it seems to be a minority amount of time that I give to them. I don't know if you've ever had the misfortune of being in a dark place. It's something when you look toward that person who actually turns on the light. I don't know if you've ever uh, been down and no one knew you were down and someone kind of stepped into your life and gave you the hand up. The way you view that person is they, they may not be the most intelligent person, they may not be the strongest or the smartest, but the person that comes and turns the light on and gives you the hand, you, you, you like them for you, They're, they might be a, a hero or a shero. The question is, who will people say you are in their life if I was to ask them? Do you see the people around you? I believe two weeks ago when we were in Mark chapter 4, Jesus was attempting to help. There's a little ring in the. um, Jesus was attempting to get the people, his disciples, to see something that they didn't perceive on their own. I believe as we look at Mark chapter 5, we're going to move from 4 to 5 and I'm going to give you context, that the narrative remains the same. Let me catch you up. Jesus is ministering in Mark chapter 4. He had been teaching about the power of the word, the power of the seed, you know, the one by the wayside, the thorny ground, the thorny ground, the good soil, the ever-increasing seed, the mustard seed, and all of it is a metaphor for the word of God and our need to be devoted to it and take advantage of it. And then he tells them, let's get into the boat and let's go to the other side. And, and they get into the boat. And when they get into the boat, they encounter a demonic wind. And they say, and, and, and they, Jesus is asleep on the boat. He wakes them up. Say, they wake him up and say, you don't care that we're perishing. He rebukes the wind. And, and he tells them, y- y'all didn't have no faith. Y'all, y'all failed the test. Uh, y'all didn't get the lesson. Faith comes by hearing hearing the word of God or receiving the word of God or using the word of God or being fruitful in the word of God. You didn't abide, so you didn't really get it. You know, you can hear something through your ears, 
That don't mean you comprehend it. That don't mean you heeded it. That means hearing with the intent to obey it. This is where we pick up the story. Let's look at Mark chapter 5, verse 1. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the garrisons. Jesus had already told them that the mission from the Father was to go to the other side. The word from the Father was to go to the other side. And though they encountered uh, a, a, a wind that was demonic to try to stop them, it did not. Jesus was over, able to overcome the demonic wind. He was overcome the lack of faith of the disciples. He overcame uh, the devil, all because he had a word, a mission, an assignment to get to the other side of the garrisons. What's on the other side? People they didn't want to deal with. People that they didn't have stuff in common with. People that did not... Uh, keep the Jewish traditions, the Jewish laws, the Jewish way of living, the Jewish way of, of doing things, people who were not looking forward to the Messiah, people who are not trained in Torah, people who have a different culture, people who have a different ethnic group, people that were looked down and despised, and if they interacted with these people, they would be considered unclean. I uh, present to you, though the text does not say it, that the disciples knew what was on the other side and they never wanted to go in the first place. You see, the reality is when you're called to go to the other side, it may not be the comfortable place, it may not be the desired place, but that doesn't mean it's not the assigned place. When you're called to go to the other side, it, 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 it's based on a word from God. It's, it's based on a conviction from God. It's based out of obedience to God. But that doesn't mean you won't have resistance. He let them know after he gave them a lesson in Mark 4 about the Word and how they could have abided in the Word and stayed devoted to, to, to the Word, that they failed the test, but he did not fail to accomplish what they, where they needed to be. We can fail the individual uh, tests or the assignments that God gives us, but that doesn't mean that God won't still keep putting you in the right place to obey. I'm amazed that it didn't say Jesus got to the other side. They got to the other side. When Jesus is in your boat, that's the most important thing to have because a lot of times the enemy makes us think that we've missed every moment. How many of you are sitting out here because maybe you didn't go to school or take a job opportunity or you, may, you feel like you missed so many moments you can't catch up? When Jesus is in your boat, you're always right back where you need to be. He doesn't have that much power, but he does have a lot of resistance. If you look at verse uh, 2, you'll see this. He says, and when Jesus has stepped out of the boat, immediately there met, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. When they got in the boat, there was an invisible demonic wind or storm that tried to stop them. When they made it to their destination, there was a physical manifestation of the storm on the inside of a man filled with an evil spirit or a demonic spirit that was now coming out to resist him. When it, you look at this word met, it means to meet with a violent intent. It, it doesn't just mean, hey, just go, hey, it's a meet and greet. Hey, Jesus, hi. No, 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 no. This, this was, oh, I'm coming out. I'm coming towards you. 
You see, you, 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 you got to understand that the kingdom of God suffered violent, but the violent take it by force. Or, or when Jesus talked about the gates of hell would not prevail against you, it's because gates don't move, but you advance against gates. And when you're advancing against the gate, the enemy has to take up arms because he's the strong man trying to hold on to his goods. I'm telling you that you received a word that might already be under attack. We, we received a word on New Year's night about Omicron and it wouldn't have a victory over us in, in this year, but yet it looks like there's victory over us and it will make you stop holding on to the word that says it won't have victory over us because it looks like it's got victory. We begin to have more faith in COVID, or as, a, or as the lady told us the other night, Kobe. She called COVID, Kobe. It was funny. Sorry you had to be there. But you can start having more faith in what the enemy is doing in, instead of the faith and the power in what you're doing. And why is this germane to where we are as we come into 2022? Because God has given us a word to cross over to the other side. God has given you the ability to cross over to the other side. There have been invisible forces that have come against you. And once God defeats those invisible forces, they take on physical manifestations. Is this all right? Okay. I just make sure. The word. I know that he's holding on to the specific word. How do I know that he got a specific word? Because he was a praying man. The Bible says that Jesus always did what he saw the Father doing or heard the Father saying. He would not deliver messages to them inconsistent with the will of the word of the Father. The reason we're going to fast and we're going to pray is because the thing that has happened to us, we become stymied in our progress because we no longer have a word. If you're still living off of the word that you got five years ago, 10 years ago, or some obscure word that you got off of the internet, or some popcorn scripture where you just open up the Bible and you put your finger on it, and you don't know that we can get Raymond words specific, individual, and special from God, then you need this time of fasting and praying because he wants to speak a fresh word to you, one that can set your soul on fire and set you in the right direction and put you on the right course and give you fresh fire and fresh power and clarity. He He's trying to do this through the word. Will you abide in it? Let me remind you two weeks ago that God gave us a word that I've spoken to your hearing. Let me speak it again. I've, I've written it down just so we, 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 we can get it. So you can take this out of being a message that's for the disciples and, and being a message that is to you, applicable to you. Bethel. You are headed to the other side where there is, is battles to be fought, but also victories to be won. I have made you a people fit for the fight. Now I'm making you more aware of the battle and the real enemy behind your pain. My word has gone out over you and it will not return void. It will not return empty. It will not be stopped by man or by elements or by demonic activity. Hear the word of the Lord commanding you to prosper, commanding you to live, commanding you to give way to my will in your life. Wake up, get up. 
It is time to go to the other side. Much kingdom work will be given to you. You will prosper as you go. I'm going to say that again. You will prosper as you go. Therefore, go. Don't look back and don't hold tight. Go, say after the Lord, places I will show you and people I will give you. It's funny, they got the word to go to the other side, but it wasn't where they wanted to go. And when God gives you a word about something you don't want to do, the easiest thing to do is to forget it, is to bury it, is to let it go dormant, is, is to ignore it, is to call it a trifle thing because he didn't say the stuff I wanted to hear. I can't hear the stuff he needed me to hear. Maybe what you wanted to hear was, was you about to be rich. Maybe what you were gonna, wanted to hear is, is, is something that's in your specific individual goal sheet. Remember I told you at the beginning, 2022 had me hyper, had us hyper focused on ourselves. but it looks like he wants the disciples to tune in to what he's doing in the earth. See, Jesus didn't forget his mission that he was sent to seek and save that which was lost and to destroy the works of the devil. Whenever he invites the disciples to join him in his work, it is to go and seek the lost. It is to go and destroy the works of the devil. And when the enemy sees you coming to his gate, he'll, he'll buck up. Oh, you want to fight me. Usually, this is when the Christians back down, and I know that the text doesn't say this, but sometimes you have to preach what the text is alluding to, but not saying, Jesus got out of the boat, they did not. It didn't, it, it's been talking about the disciples the whole time, and then it shifts, and the disciples don't get out the boat. They don't want to go on this mission. They don't want to deal with this devil. Some of the reasons that we don't actually follow through on what we hear God saying is because I don't want to do it. I don't want to get my hands dirty. This man didn't come out the tombs. You're trying to get me unclean. They were still religious. They were still, Jesus is trying to get them a transformed mind. He's trying to get them out of the Jewish mindset. He's trying to bring them over to the new covenant. And they're still thinking the old way and the old pattern where not everybody's available for our good news from our good God. They were Gentiles. These are the people I look down at. These are the people who spoiled their life, who rejected God, who are the scourge of the earth, and who are the enemies. And this is what happens to the church who had nothing to say over the last two years about the world going, this way, going the way of hell. It's like, it's like the enemy just took all of our territory and we said, we don't care as long as you don't bother us, as long as you don't bother our Christian rights, as long as you don't mess with our church, as long as you don't mess with our 501c3, as long as you don't just bother, leave us alone. And then we'll, we'll just, just hibernate, excuse me, I just got to let this all out this way. It might come out a little angry, but I'm not angry. I'm really happy because God gave us a word. And you know, we just want to just stay comfortable. I want to be comfortable. You see, because it's a messy thing to be greeted by a demonic force that's coming from a dead place and he's coming to confront you. He tells you to fight the good fight of faith means you got a word and you got to fight. 
the disposition of passivity, his approach to church, his coming to the church. But from the very moment that God was training his disciples, he was getting them ready to go into a battle. He stayed in prayer long enough to be ready for the battle. He stayed in prayer long enough to see the invisible come and say, that don't bother me. He stayed in prayer long enough that when a man is coming to him, as the scripture says, and naked, and, 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 and when this is in the other gospels, they say, he was naked. A naked, crazy man is coming to you who the Bible says to the people who live there wouldn't even go in his direction. The man is naked. What is your natural reaction if a, a naked man come at you in the middle of the day mad? Yeah, y'all. Baby, get back in the car. Get in the boat. Get, baby, get in the boat. It's, that, that's strange. Baby, get, get in the boat. Get a, a, a T-bone. Get in the boat. <laughs> ah! This is the personification of crazy. But Jesus proved, he demonstrated that he was devoted to his assignment. The fact that he stayed in a, put that up, he was devoted, he demonstrated that he was devoted to his assignment. I got that phrase, I want them to be able to see that. No, 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 no. He did the, the phrase, demonstrated that he was devoted to his assignment. What is he devoted to? The word. What word do you have that you're devoted to? Verse three gives a long narrative. This narrative is long. And I want you to see it. He lived among the tombs. I mean, that's, that's jacked up. He was in a demonic place. Nobody's going to make their house among the tomb. I grew up looking at enough scary movies to know that's where all the bad stuff happened. Pet cemetery. Yeah, you know, cemetery, anything cemetery, tomb, you know, that, that ain't, it's not good. He was living there. It helps you understand that this man was more comfortable around dead things than he was around living things. He found his peace around the demonic, and I'm telling you that the world seems to be more comfortable being debased and being evil and being in fantasy and being in witchcraft and being in perversion than it does with the almighty, all-living God. Even though he's coming to impart good things, he has good fruit. He has love, peace, and joy. The world doesn't want love, peace, and joy. It begins to live in the demonically dark place. The world has gone to a demonically dark place, but don't worry. He's got some disciples that are coming to the other side. You cannot be happy with your comfort on the side that's got all the people who kind of think like you, religious like you. I have to ask myself a hard question. Where are those I'm assigned to reach on the other side. This is a difficult question for me to ask myself, but where are they at? It was a demonic place. 
and no one could bind him anymore, not even with chains, for he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles to pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. I mean, this, this, this first of all, when you break a chain and he is shackled, when you break the chain, this is demonic strength. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people who were chained throughout history who couldn't break them. This man could not be shackled, and they did it many times. It wasn't like he broke it once. He, the Bible said he was breaking it all the time. They had just decided to leave that crazy man alone. No one, if he, he there's another verse that he was violent. So the best thing to do if you can't subdue him is to give him his demonic space, is to give up ground. I want you to hear me, please hear me. This is what the enemy has convinced us to do. We, we, we appear to be more like the people in the gatherings who just say, give the demon space. Give the deranged space. Give perversion and nakedness space. Give the evil spirit space. Don't they have the right to their space? Don't they have the right to the way they think? What is an evil spirit anyway? What is an unclean spirit anyway? It's a, it's a, it's a fallen angel trying to dishonor God. Followers of Satan. Some of them so wicked, God has locked away in, 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 in a pit so they can't even talk to you. That's how wicked they are. These spirits hate God. So not only was it the demonic place, not only did they have a demonic power, look, look what he's displaying. He's displaying demonic pain. He said, night and day among the tombs in the mountains, he was always crying out. I didn't say he was sometimes crying out. Hear this, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. You see, underneath it all, if you just look close enough, if you investigate, this man was in great pain. It's easy to point the figure and say, crazy, off, lost, perverted, foolish, stupid. It's easy to do that. This man was showing you his pain. He wasn't just, he wasn't just terrorizing other people. He was, he was himself tormented. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, what I've had to do with uh, crying out with a loud voice. No, no. And when he saw Jesus afar, he ran and fell down before him and cried out with a loud voice. He said, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high? I adjure you by God, don't torment me. For he was saying, Jesus that is, was saying, come out of the man you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion, but we are many. And he begged him earnestly to send him out of, the, uh, out of the country. Now, a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, send us to the pigs. Let us enter them. So he gave them permission. 
And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs and the herds, numbering about 2,000. And they rushed down a steep bank in the sea, and they, and they drowned him, drowned the pigs. You know, I, just, I, you know, I don't have time. This is not a sermon on demonology or, or the doctrine of devils. We're going to get to that later in the year, about four or five months from now. So I, I, I don't want to take a deep dive in that, but, man, a legion is about 6,000 in Roman terminology. That's a lot of devils. And you can see, though the devil is speaking, the man is needing relief. And just so you can understand being demon-possessed or demonized, whichever way you want to look at it, um, you have to partner with the devil for him to get you. He doesn't have the right to take you over without your agreement. And he can keep you so bound that it's him doing more of the living than you. The Bible says, whoever you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you yield yourself to obey. So whether you want to call it demonic possession, because we don't believe believers can be possessed, but they can be demonized. They can yield themselves. He is yielded. But I bet you part of the running toward Jesus was a man on the inside saying, there's my hope. There's my answer. I just felt a bit of emotion because when, when God is telling us to go to the other side and he's given us this scripture, I'm telling you, when you cross over, there is a person waiting for you. There is a person believing you can deliver. And it looks like they're coming in hostility, but they're coming with the request, can you help me? It looks like they're coming in their nakedness and their shame and putting it all out in your face, but they're saying, can you help me? It looks like they're coming in their foolishness and their violence, but if you don't run away from those on the other side who don't act like you, talk like you, or walk like you, they're saying, can you help me? You see, Jesus did something pretty extraordinary. He brought people out of demonic confinement. He brought this man out. They didn't want to, you know, I want to show you something about the devil though. You would think when they named him Jesus, that was a demonic tactic. During that day, you know, if you could, if you could name the person, you could control the person. This is, this is demonic. He's deceptive because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He couldn't change his nature. This is not the devil saying, I, I relent, uh, I have remorse, I repent, I'm, I'm willing to turn from. This is not him coming into Jesus like this. This is, this is him negotiating how he could live to fight another day. And I want you to know something. When Jesus, it's remarkable, Pastor Bruce. When Jesus let those demons go into the pigs instead of the abyss, I thought, wow, he's Lord of it all. He could have he got rid of the devil. Devil has a purpose in God's plan. See, people may choose a devil, and then God chooses to say, are you ready for my relief? You are sent as the relief effort. You and I are sent as that relief effort. 
Let's read the conclusion of this. So he demonstrated devotion to his assignment. He brought people out of demonic confinement. And now we're going to see for what purpose. Verse 14, the herdsmen fled and told in the city and in the country. And the people came to see what it was that had happened, and they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion sitting there clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs, and they began to beg Jesus, depart from this region. And he was getting, as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with the devils begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis, which was his city. The region was the the Gadarenes. Decapolis was his city. How much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. If I could conclude this message, it would be by helping you understand the results of a devoted life. It's not just that people who are bound get out of confinement. I thought so often that this text was about a demon-possessed man getting free, and I, and I don't believe that. I think this was about Jesus sending a message to a city and to a country and to a region that freedom was for all. And that he was the first sampling of what God wanted to do in the city. I knew the disciples, they were missing this lesson. They thought that the other side was just about the person. They were too afraid to get out of the boat. They were acting like the people on the other side who were more afraid of the demon-possessed man than they were of the Lord. In fact, they reversed it. They, wanted, they begged the Lord to leave, and they, they, they want the devils to stay. In other words, they, 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 they don't get it yet. And I love how Jesus, Jesus proves that there is some divine alignment for others. Now that he's come to the other side, other people can get in line. He's got people who are herdsmen telling his message. He's got the message going out in the city. He's got the message going out in the country. He's got the main, this main person who just got delivered, ready to stay and carry the message. He's got the people marveling, which doesn't mean they got converted, but simply means that they are now have piqued their interests. How many people you think are interested in Christianity right now? It lacks going so it lacks the need for the power. We want the power to stay, and the power always comes to go. You don't need the power to stay. So yes, I'm asking you to come and fast and pray with us so that yes, maybe a single person might get delivered, but it's really a city that's gonna get set free. It's a region, a country. He called, that was a country on the other side. If we stay in this place, we will not live up to our assignment to reach the city and touch the world. 
if we stay devoted to our singular, singular needs, we will not go to the other side. If we get afraid to get out of the boat when we get there, there'll be people who don't get realigned, who stay confined because we weren't devoted to our assignment. I'm begging you. I am begging you. I am begging me not to ignore the calling of God. Sometimes I think about, I used to think about Think Three in the Playland. You can stand to your feet because I'm, I'm done. But I used to think about the Playland differently. I used to think, oh, it's going to be good for our kids and this is going to be good. And, and God just helped me rewire it. All of those items are outreach tools. They're for you moms to bring your lost neighbors up. It's for you to do your business meetings and your, and your, and your coffee meetings. We're, we're trying to reach the world. You know, the name of that place is going to be called the Global Cafe. And the tag phrase is where the world connects. I think about this text because the people on the other side didn't think they had a connection with those people. People don't think that they need the church. They need you. And he gave you a word to go. There are two appeals today. The first one, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for myself. I'm so hoping that God could get a great enough hold on me that I'll honor him by going to the other side. I'm not preaching about it, doing it. Oh, God, get a hold of me. Maybe you like me. I need my own prayer. I would jump down on this altar so fast. It's, it's, it's the one I need. I want to be pushed to that next place. I wish I could say it was just for you. I think it's a us, it's a for us word. What a deep conviction I feel. It's probably harder for me to preach it than you could imagine because I have to preach it like it's what you need to do and I know it's what we need to do. The second is for a group. Well, I'm going to say it this way. Maybe you feel demonized. Maybe you've been in a partnership with the devil because you've been devoted to his lifestyle versus God's lifestyle. You know he has more of a hold on you than you have on God. Freedom has come to you today. Let me pray for these two groups and then Pastor Bruce, you can come dismiss. Number one, while I'm praying, if in, in ministry team, you can s sneak on down, especially for the second group. If you feel like, man, I don't have control of my life. Something is driving me and it's not Jesus. We want to pray for you today. Lord, I pray for all of us. We will receive the word in our heart and we would be willing to go to the other side. We would be willing to say yes because there's a broken people that are in need waiting on us. Just say yes. Just whisper yes to them. I'll go. But Lord, now 
I serve notice through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ on every demonic force that tries to invade this space and the house of those who attend here. In the name of Jesus, I command you to go. Go out of the heart, go out of the mind, go out of the life of those who are bound in the name of Jesus. Be free in the name of Jesus. It is not by my might or by my power, but I declare this by the Spirit of Almighty God. I end your assignment and I declare you to go and to leave and move yourself to the abyss. Freedom will be the name over this house and freedom will be the name over these people. We will say yes to our assignment. We will not be scared by the wind, nor the waves, nor by demonic activity in a region, but we will just give you a continual yes, Lord, and if you agree with that prayer, give God praise, give God glory, give God honor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I am encouraged. I hope you were encouraged this morning. On the way out, remember, if you're new or you've not had a chance to meet with Pastor James or some of the pastoral staff over on your right-hand side down here, you can see the banners that say Guest Central. We have a gift for you. We'd love to visit with you. Uh, I'll be at a table out in the lobby if you have questions about equip. Don't forget to get one of these booklets on the way out. And if anything at all stirred in your heart today about this coming week, about something you should do, a commitment, a decision you should make, why don't you solidify that by telling somebody on the way out? Uh, sometimes... There's something about putting it out there. You know what I mean? When you say something to somebody, faith speaks, the Bible says. I've done that many times where I have locked myself into a situation where I kind of would be ashamed to not follow through on something. And so to help force myself to follow through, I tell somebody, this is what I'm going to do or this is what God's going to do in my life. All right, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us online as well as here today in person. We'll see you sometime this week at one of the prayer meetings. Have a great week.